are here for a reason. Breaking down the brotherhood, one prayer at a time. Right on, right on, right on. <laughs> right on radio. For continuous coverage, the latest information, separate fact from opinion. Get the truth. Get the news. You're listening to Right On Radio. You are here for a reason. Hey, welcome to Right On Radio. My name is Jeff. The tagline of the show is live right in the real world. And I'll show you the real world, both visible and invisible. And you can decide how to live in it. And today is going to be a good one, folks. Uh, we're coming towards the end of this mass deception series, and I believe things are going to start to make sense to you. And uh, tonight is going to be a kind of an overview of what is going on in today's church. And then to finish off the series, I'll go into a little bit more detail in some of the areas, because listen, I could spend, you know, I could take this show, this series all through the summer dealing with this stuff, but I want you to get the magic trick. I want you to get the deception that is happening and it's so multifaceted and it's so clever. And again, it's just enough to get you away from the salvation of Jesus in the end times during the deception. And that's where this is going. And plus, we're going to explain how the church will turn on itself. And what I'm doing is not dividing the church, by the way. We are called to expose these things that are going against the word of God. And if someone goes to a pulpit and says these things, or they're running their organization based on these things, it deserves to have a light shined on it. So today we're going to be discussing the not-so-secret New World Order Church. And it's spread all across America, and I'll bet you almost every one of you is following the teachings, and I say almost everyone, the teachings are at least of at least one or two people who are involved in this New World Order church scheme. Um, before I get into it, I got to do this. Folks, listen, I'm listener supported. Um, you can support me on, I have a patron on Podbean, very easy to uh, help monthly. I also have a PayPal. The links are all in the description. But I also work for you and try to earn money that way. I give additional value. Obviously, it's optional. All these things are optional. But I have to make you aware. You can go to writeonyou.com. I highly suggest the real estate course. Um, it's really worth it. Uh, just watch the video there. I'm not going to sell it to you. Um, the money course obviously is really, really fantastic. It can, it can change your life. It's really inexpensive when you think about the impact it can have on your life. And it's just using God's biblical teachings and principles. It's no secret sauce. It's just, I've studied for a long time and I make it simple for you. That's all it is. Um, the other way you can do it is go to mylibertystand.com. And listen, all this is, you can go read the, the landing page. 
your name doesn't get added to a list where we spam you or anything like that. Someone will call you, myself or one of your fellow Right On Radio listeners will contact you, and all they're going to do is introduce you to a store. The store sells all the stuff that you buy every single month, but they're better for you. They use all natural ingredients. They work better, and it supports American and Canadian jobs, and it supports Americans and Canadians like myself. So instead of paying Walmart the fee, you buy the stuff at the same cost, and instead of the store getting their cut, Jeff gets a cut or someone else. So that really helps to support me. If you haven't looked into it, Please take the time. I'm not selling. I'm not selling you anything. You won't be sold anything. You just get an introduction, and it has a lot of integrity to it. Uh, I wouldn't do it. I would not recommend it if I did not think there was integrity to it. And quite honestly, what it, the offering is from this store is something that everybody needs right now. So don't delay. Go to mylibertystand.com. If that doesn't work for you, I understand sometimes on a mobile phone or something like that, it doesn't. You can always send me an email at writeonjeff. That's writeonjeff at gmail.com. All right. So let's just do a quick review, and I'm not going to review the entire series for you, but just the last couple installments that we've had. So we did a Sousa Street and then that went up to Ladder Rain and there was all kinds of mysticism and twisting of doctrines behind all this stuff. Signs and wonders, miracles, healings, prosperity. It's all in there. And of course, as part of it, it was, you know, to become immortal. And that was kind of the hidden part behind it. But I want to remind you, no matter what man does and how twisted man or the doctrine of demons gets, God is in the midst if you're looking for him. God is always there. He is omnipresent. He's omniscient. He's omnipotent. He's there. He is God. So I want to always be clear that good things, God will get his glory despite what man or the devil does. Um, so from there, uh, you know, and that stuff, a lot of it came from Blavatsky and Alice Bailey. And as society transforms, so do the messages. But the underlying principles have followed this all the way up. And it's just, they're normalizing it for, it's almost predictive programming. You know, it's getting you ready for the deception and they want you to fall for the deception. Of course, there's many tricks that they're doing, uh, not the church necessarily, but the evil ones, you know, with the uh, magic potions and all that stuff they're doing, the pharmacia, uh, all that is going on, but we're specifically talking about the spiritual aspect and the church. So I'm just going to keep looking down at my notes, by the way, because I have quite a few of them. Uh, and then the last program, I just highlighted a couple of preachers that are, you know, still relevant, still around. 
Uh, and there's more uh, that call themselves little gods. Okay? Small g gods. Now, it's clear in the Bible, and there was a whole bunch of scriptures last time that say we are not gods. Okay? And even, you know, just in my study in stewardship, I can tell you, we are called to steward the earth. That is right. We're supposed to take care of the stuff that God puts in our management. And, you know, in the prosperity gospel and stuff like that, they they say things like, you know, you get an account in heaven. That's true, but they twist it. So their account is cars and houses and money. That stuff doesn't go, God can care less about the things of the world. The world is not his kingdom. He owns it, but it's not his kingdom. What goes to heaven are things that pass through. It's when you bring someone repentance of salvation. That is the stuff that goes with that you get to take to heaven. That's the stuff. And then when we get to heaven, uh, or even to the thousand-year reign, when Christ brings his kingdom here for a thousand years, Based on how we stewarded our talents, he will give us cities to manage. He'll give us territories. We work for God, okay? That's it. We don't become equal to him. Is Jesus my brother? Yeah, I, I think spiritually we can say that. And I'm made in, there in his image, as you are, but I'm not God. And I, I almost hear a hallelujah when I said that. <laughs> Excuse me. So today we're talking about the not-so-secret society that's the New World Order and it's trying to bring in the New World Order Church. This goes deep, folks. It can go long. I can do a lot of shows on it. Today is just going to be an overview, and I'm going to look to your comments to tell me the specific areas you want me to actually go into depth about. What's important to you? So please keep that in mind as we go through this. So one of the main tenets of this is something called dominionism. By the way, the overriding term uh, was coined by Peter Wagner, and that is the New Apostolic Reformation. In fact, let me just start with that. The New Apostolic Reformation. So this phrase was coined as a name of a movement. Okay? This is important for you to get. There is no church denomination called the New Apostolic Reformation. There isn't a specific sect in the church that's moving in this way. What I'm about to tell you and why I said this is a not-so-secret society, it's because all these, a lot of these players all belong to the NAR belief system. It's kind of like becoming a mason. You don't actually admit to being a Mason. It's kind of like a secret society. Most of these people, and I'll give you a just a real clear example, 
is Bill Johnson of Bethel. Now, Bethel is absolutely a NAR church, New Apostolic Reformation Church. Absolutely they are. But when asked, Bill Johnson will say, no, we're not a member of anything like that. And all these guys will deny it, okay? And in a future program, I'm going to name a lot of names, but uh, let me just put it this way to you. In fact, I'll just give you some hints right now. Word of faith ministers, and, and particularly people on TV and YouTube that are pretty big, word of faith guys, prosperity teachers, healing rooms. That's a pretty big chunk of churches. Interesting. I'm going to dive into them at some point. Um, Elijah streams. I know a lot of you watch them. Elijah streams. Sid Roth's Supernatural. How about all his guests? These are some places. And so you're going to... And, and by the way, the Kenneth Copeland Ministries people, a lot of them are involved. I'm not going to give a blanket statement and say all are uh, in any of these different movements. Some of them don't even know they're in it. They just adhere to the principles. Okay? So that, and part of it is, first and foremost, and the reason I did the we are small gods thing is because that is the underlying thing. And this is the whole message of the new age where, you know, we ascend, you go up and then you're going to open up your chakras, your pinalia gland, and then you're going to become aware you've reached it. And then all of a sudden you are God. It's the ascension. It's called kenosis. I'll talk about it in a few minutes, but let me just cover off some of the key points of dominionism. Dominionism is a, excuse me, misinterpretation misinter of Scripture. In Revelation, it clearly says, it even gives the measurements, Jesus is bringing his kingdom to earth for a thousand-year reign. What dominionism theology is, no, we are to create the kingdom here on earth. In fact, uh, Peter Wagner, and I have the exact quote, but I'll just shorten it for you. Uh, he's the founder of the NAR movement. He's the head apostle. And basically he says that Jesus, once he took back the kingdom, so when he was died on the cross, he had ascended, essentially. <laughs> that, see how they twist it? He did ascend, of course. But he... Uh, now can sit at the right hand of Father, having taken back dominion over the earth through a sacrifice on the cross, and now we, the church, are in charge. <clears throat> and we are to create his kingdom on earth before he can return. Essentially, that is it. It's That is not scriptural. Uh, I can't give you all the scriptures today. Maybe when we go one by one, I certainly will, because I've spent a lot of time in the scriptures going against this. Uh, one of the other mandates of dominionism, and dominionism is a big part of the NAR, okay? Um, one global church 
to transform society. See, it's no, they're way past. In fact, you know, they're, they're quoted, it's a paradigm shift. Have you heard that? We're no longer going after souls one by one. What we have to do instead is go after society and then the souls will come in. It's mass transformation, folks. Again, I'm not, this isn't the stuff that I believe. This is not the stuff I am preaching. Hear my words. I'm telling you this is their theology, and I'm exposing it here for you today, okay? I'm not claiming any of these to be my beliefs. Um, yeah, so we need to take dominion over the earth. And one of the things you're going to hear about is the seven mountain mandate. And in fact, I have a slide here. Let me just share it here real quick. I'm not going to get into details, but I'm just going to, I'm just giving you an overview today and hold on towards the end because there's a couple shockers that I'm going to say to you today. Okay. For those of you who have ears to hear, let you hear. Oh, let me do the seven mountain mandate. Then I'm going to tell you something really important. So the seven mountain mandate is essentially they want to take over seven spheres or they call it seven mountains, could be called silos, could be anything. Uh, but essentially, you know, everything is bad, right? Everything is run by Satanists, everything. So, you know, we know that. And, <laughs> oh, I have so much to say on this. But essentially... The premise is we need to take control of arts and entertainment, business and finance, church and religion. Uh, we need to get our, take over media, take over the education, take over family health, and take over government law. All those things sound really good. And you know what? We are called to pray for those things. And if you feel the call on your life to go and lead one of those, you should absolutely do it. In fact, I agree with much of the Seven Mountain Mandate. But it's been twisted. And you have to find out what's behind it. You're probably going to discover that even in this very episode. Um. Should I say this now or not? Okay, I will. In regard to these things that I'm bringing forward, I really found out about a lot of this stuff over a year ago now. And... At the time, I wanted to just come out and expose everything. It would have been reckless because I had a lot more growing to do. But that was on my heart. You know, I just wanted to expose a lot of stuff that I'd found out. And particularly with this stuff, I wanted to say, 
And the Lord really talked to me. And he warned me that I was not, I didn't want to hurt people's faith. People who put faith in a lot of different people, a lot of different ministries, when they've gone all in on these ministries, and then that shattered, if they fall away from the faith, it could be on me. So there's been a building up, you might say, to some of the stuff that's coming forward. And the Lord showed me, gave me instruction through a literal vision. I wasn't asleep. I wasn't uh, taken off anywhere. I was sitting in the front of my house. And there was a, I live in a subdivision and my, my street is like a horseshoe shape. And in the middle of the horseshoe, I'm on the outside. On, in the middle of it is a court. And one of the houses in the, in the court had this tree that was at least double the size of any other tree in the subdivision. Uh, was probably, I, I'm going to guess, about 125 to 140 feet tall. Massive tree, just towered above everything. And if the tree fell in any way, the collateral damage would be huge. So I'm sitting in the front of my porch and the arborists are there. I watched them all day. It was actually quite fascinating to watch them take down this tree. But what the arborists did was they started at the lower branches of the tree. And they just started cutting off the lower branches, managing where they fall, you know, big, heavy branches. The, the biggest ones they cut into several pieces and took them down one at a time. And then they slowly start making their way up the tree. They worked fast, by the way. It was incredible to watch these guys. And they took all the branches off the tree. And then the trunk of the tree, they were, it looked like from my vantage point, cutting it off in about 10-foot sections. So the piece that would fall, they could kind of manage where it would go. It was heavy enough to push it in a certain way. Um, if it went, if it took a wrong turn, <laughs> you know, in some ways, um, it would limit the damage that they did. And they took the tree trunk down, and then they brought the machine in, they took out the root. And I really, God spoke to me, and I've shared this with a small number of people, that, uh, that God gave me this instruction, and it really was vivid, and it was clear that I wasn't to be reckless and just come out and say, look at all this! And in the meantime, the Lord has shown me kind of the magic trick behind the illusion. So... I didn't want to jump the gun, but there's a definite illusion happening and it's massive. It's around the world throughout Christianity. You have to remember the other faiths are the wide gate Christianity or the way is the narrow gate. So the devil doesn't have to focus on all those other 
religions because he's already got them. It's the Christians that are the problem. And what's happening here is this is Christianity starting to join with all these other religions and the mystery religion of Babylon is behind it. It snuck in. Um, so Peter Wagner said that we are to reign. And then Johnny Enlow, who's often seen on Elijah's streams, uh, I've got a quote from his Seven Mountain Mandate book that he has out. So he's definitely a NAR guy. Steve Schultz, by the way, was one of the guys who hosted uh, one of the first prophetic, one of the first conferences for these guys to get together and really establish the NAR mandate. So he's involved. Um, but Johnny Enlow says that we actually cannot become the bride of Christ until the head of Satan is crushed under our feet. I'm paraphrasing, but it's real close. Okay. That's from his book. So some of the false doctrines that are associated, not every person or church sect or ministry believes all these things. Some of them just have one, some have two, some have all. Okay. Um, the first one I talked about briefly earlier, that's kenosis. And that's essentially what, uh, on the last episode, you heard Copeland and Paul Crouch and Benny Hinn and, you know, Joyce Meyer, Creflo Dollar, I think T.D. Jakes, all these all these big names. Joel Olstein, I'm going to put into a NAR preacher. Um, all these guys. Uh, and those are just the big names, the, the smaller ones that some of you love and respect are there too. Um, they're actually, they won't come out and say it. They're just giving you all the things to back it up for when they do come out and say it. Well, actually, they do come out and say that they think that Jesus was a man and he didn't become a god until he was baptized. Okay. So that's a big part of their theology, but really what's behind it, what's hidden behind that is that we have to ascend to that. They're not saying that out loud right now, but they are saying it, okay? Um, so that's obviously false. Healing and prosperity. Uh, look, God's still in the healing business, and God would love to prosper you. It's just the way they're doing it is not biblical. They've got a perfect out. You know, you are you don't have enough faith. That's why you weren't healed. And by the way, a lot of these people like Bethel, uh, Bill Johnson, he, he believes that Jesus was the perfect example. He's the purity test and there should be no sickness. If you get sick, there's something wrong with you spiritually. And I think there's some truth to that. Again, it's a twisting we will get sick. We live in a fallen world. And not everyone gets healed. Not everyone gets rich. So they take things that are of God, but they make them man's. Oh, I'm going to go somewhere with this. And I'm going to get into some trouble. But they take what is God's and they make them man's um 
a couple ways they do that. <laughs> so this goes in with healing and prosperity. Um, and taking what is God's. When we pray for healing, is it uh, your decision whether they get healed or is it God's decision whether his power heals them? Hold on to that thought. It's a good question, right? When we pray, do we ask God or do we tell God to do it? Oh, but you're thinking, I can't tell God to do that. It's up to God. But the healing and prosperity guys, they're saying that God will heal you. And if you don't get healed, there's something wrong with you. Not wrong with God. It's blameless for these guys, right? Um, so they do believe in the NAR movement that your faith is a force. And, and it is. <laughs> By asking in faith, we have a hugely strong, powerful force. But that's called God. It's not Jeff. It's not your name. Um, they believe in positive confession or uh, another way of saying that is um, confessing for the sins of your past, for breaking generational curses and stuff like that. And I, again, I think a lot of these things are biblical. It's just the twist they put on them. And I've always wondered, and I don't know the answer to this question, okay? I, I, so I'm not, I'm just going to ask, what do you think? Because uh, I certainly know it's biblical to that we can be cursed through generations. That's certainly biblical. But do we actually have to pray to break those curses? Or when we become born again, is the curse broken? And then it's just us, up to us to walk in obedience to the Lord. It's an interesting question. I don't have the answer. I want to be honest with that. So we also, we talked about, you know, healing. Are we commanding God to heal or are we, or commanding God to give us money or whatever it is, or are we asking in faith? And that brings me to the next point. You're going to hear this a lot in the, gnarly circles it's decree and declare i decree this and i declare that and it's funny i just kind of did a deep dive on this this morning and uh, i was sharing it with a couple members of of my team that i trust and we were having a debate about it currently but when you look up what the actual meanings of decree and declare are, okay, so they're words, and they're certainly words that are found in the Bible. Um, you know, God can put forth a decree. God can declare. Absolutely. But when we decree or declare, do we have the authority and I know some of you are going to say, well, we have the authority in Christ. We have the authority in Christ to ask 
in faith. <laughs> when we decree and declare, and I'm just learning this now, so I could change my mind. Prove me wrong. I know some of you are going to try real hard. But when we decree and declare, so I declare in Jesus' name, do I have the authority to command Jesus to do something for me? And to put out a de decree, this is like putting out a law that everyone must obey. And I decree in Jesus' name. Hold on. Do I have the authority to decree it in Jesus' name? Or can I ask in faith? Because I have the authority now coming into the kingdom as a born-again Christian. Do I now have the authority to ask in his name? Okay, we'll debate that for a while. Um, the other thing the NAR uh, is known for in false doctrine is extra biblical revelations. So part of this is there's a lot of prophets involved, apostles and prophets. I'll talk to, about in a second, uh, them two in combination. However, what they believe is that God is giving new prophetic utterances and they actually supersede the word of God. They don't. Don't add unto this book. Do not take un out of this book. Right from the last chapter of Revelation. Um, there are prophets today. I believe that there are prophets and I believe there are apostles, but Here's a couple things that you're going to hear. And if you hear these words, it's probably a NAR prophet, okay? God is doing a new thing. Okay, well, God can do a new thing if he wants. But I'm just telling you, you're going to hear that a lot. You're going to hear really vague prophecies, like there will be a shaking. Like, like what the hell does that mean? How can I hold that person accountable to that prophecy? There's going to be a shaking. There will be a new exposure. Okay, then you look in the paper and you just claim that was your prophecy fulfilled. Um, all right, I'm going to get away from the prophets for now. Uh, I can come back to it. Uh, they also believe that not only the uh, extra doctrine from the prophets, but there's a heavy emphasis on experiencing God. You need to experience God. And it's more about experiencing God than going into the Word of God. And by the way, when you study the Word of God, you will experience God. It doesn't have to be some crazy thing. And uh, 
And by the way, in, a lot of the time in the NAR churches, the worship is very, very good. Um, I'm going to, I haven't got the whole worship thing figured out yet, but I do know that they use a hypnotic thing that they get you into their sub into your subconscious and stuff like that, especially in the prosperity and healing uh, ministries. Um, but worship is good and we're called to worship. Uh, but I don't think we're called to worship in the way. In fact, I know we're not called to worship in the way that they're worshiping. Okay. I know it. I haven't been able to completely define it. I got to do a deeper dive on worship. Uh, they do believe in apostles and prophets. And so do I. I discussed the fivefold ministry we've been doing, Ephesians. And, uh, but what they do is they turn the apostle into the absolute authority. And the prof, the, <laughs> The apostles and the prophets are at the top of the structure. The prophet will prophesy whatever it is. It goes to the apostle, and the apostle decides what we're going to do with it. If you don't agree with it, you will be ostracized from the church. Later, it's going to get worse. Right now, it's just being ostracized. The apostle has the absolute reign and authority. It's a... So theocratic society, essentially, he's the king and uh, the prophet's the queen. By the way, speaking of queens, there's in the NAR circles, it's widely accepted that women can be a pastor. That's not biblical, folks. Can a woman be a great teacher? Can a woman do lots of things? Yes. But the woman cannot be the head of a man. She cannot be the pastor. So even I'm thinking of some people, you know, that are females that even have like a ministry on YouTube or Rumble or things like that. And they're, it's their, they call it their ministry. Well, they have to have a man over them. Maybe they can teach. Maybe a woman can even prophesy. There's, I don't think there's any biblical problem with that. Anyways, we just talked about that in Ephesians, so I won't go too far. Um, I'll leave it on this stuff because it's going to get a little bit deep. Um, the major, one of the major false doctrines that is snuck into the New Apostolic Reformation movement, secret society amongst churches, because that's what it is. It's a handshake, folks. It's a secret society. They're all working together. How many of these are there? Tens of thousands in North America alone. It's around the world, too. So a couple of things. Um, they actually, a lot of the, their theology comes from what they call the Gnostic texts, and if you're not familiar with the Gnostic texts are, that is right after the book of Revelation was written in about 90 AD. As soon as that book was complete, the devil went to work and started writing, you know, his version of the Bible. That's the Gnostic texts. And, you know, he even used a couple of the apostles' names on it to make it sound legitimate. Uh, it did not make it into the canonized text, obviously, which is good, but he, the devil wrote through men 
his uh, alternative texts. So a lot of it is based on Gnostic texts. Um, you'll hear a lot about portals. You'll hear a lot about gates, you know, spiritual gates, fighting in the second heavens, stuff like that. You'll hear about going to the throne room. Again, these are, what I'm going to tell you, are not legitimate uh, as compared to the Bible. Courts in heaven, fighting in the courts of heaven. Telepathy, fire tunnels, being slain in the spirit. Strategic spiritual warfare, like identifying which spirits are over which areas and then going out after them. Oh, this is dangerous, folks. This is very dangerous, I have learned. Spiritual mapping and the like. So these are some of the things that these so-called ministries, I call it the, well, in fact, there's a book on it called the, uh, not the, the counterfeit church. And there's so, this is so deep. A lot of these NAR people, they all went to visit the Pope to kiss his ring. A lot of this stuff is coming back to uh, ecumenicism. It's bringing the Protestants back to the Catholics. Oh, but I left out one very scary thing in this whole movement. Probably the scariest. Even worse than the occultism. There's part of the theology is what, and this goes way back, okay, folks? This isn't new. This goes way, way back. But it's all tied in with the Seven Mountain Mandate and everything, it's called Joel's Army or the Manifest Sons of God. And essentially what the belief is, is that, and they use all kinds of scripture, like, you know, there's going to be another Pentecost, like in Acts 2. And basically the part, the elite of the church are going to be perfected, the remnant the chosen ones are going to be perfected. And anyone who disagrees does not bow to this new world order church is to be killed. You wonder how mother will turn against son, son or daughter against father, how your friends will turn on you. Because they actually believe that they will be doing you a service in the name of God. They're doing you a favor by taking you out. It's their mercy on your soul. That's where this stuff goes. So let me know in the comments what areas or if I said anything interesting. Uh, I won't be able to respond to all of them, but I will read 
every single comment and I'll certainly give you like the, the plus sign for sure. So that says an acknowledgement that I read your, your comment and I'm going to take notes and see what people think is important. And perhaps that's what I'll cover next. I've got a, probably another week left, uh, another couple episodes in this. And then I think the Lord has already dropped into my heart a new series. And I know you're really going to like it because everyone says, why don't you name names and, you know, stuff like that. And so I'm going to show you people lying to your face, just like the Benny Hinn thing on the uh, last episode of Right On Radio. Uh, listen, I really do love you. I appreciate your support. Um, if you want to support, links are in the description. You can go to My Liberty Stand. You can send me an email, right on Jeff at gmail.com. And uh, the good news in all this, everyone, I don't know why, and I'm not giving a prophetic word or anything. I'm just going to speak from, I just think God's favor is on, upon us. You know, if you've been with Right On Radio in this community for a while, you know we've been through a lot in the last few years. Uh, two and a half years, but it seems a lot longer. We've been through a lot. And uh, God is sharpening us. You know, God is getting us ready. And, you know, because he's showing us these things, we should not be deceived. It's it's a beautiful thing. So I pray for you. Please continue to pray for me. And uh, in the meantime, remember, love your God. First and foremost, love your God. We're called to love our family. And the second greatest commandment is love your neighbor as yourself. And of course, faith without works is useless. So you may as well get out and make a difference in your community because the way the world change starts is right where you live. Amen. Thanks for being here, everyone. I'll see you next time.